0: Hey, this is Jared Payne with Buying on Time. Andrew, I appreciate you having me back again.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for joining. Um, today, I feel like we could discuss something that's been kind of all over social media, and as a, as a watch geek and watch collector, I think everyone has seen this, um, patina, and whether it's a good or bad thing. Um, basically, just five quick questions, very simple, um, very basic. We'll start off with, really, what is patina?
0: Yeah, so I mean looking at patina, you know, from a really uh, objective kind of generic standpoint, um, you know, that typically was always referring to you know, the tarnish and oxidation that these base metals would get, uh particularly brass and copper. Um, so uh it was it was generally a kind of a film that came upon these base metals um and that has kind of evolved into some other things uh, you know leather making they kind of use that reference with uh, the aging on, on the outside of the leather um, and then obviously we we've, we've used that a lot in recent history with watches so um, it's it, it was typically always something on top of that, that accumulated on top of the surface of of metals and such. Um, sometimes it would also be referred to regarding the texture, the way a texture of a uh, surface became. I think you might see that in the like coin collecting world. Um, so it was generally always something accumulating, a, a tarnishing, um, you know, an oxidation like you would see rust on metal, you know. It was kind of maybe chemically changing the outside, but it was also kind of uh, an accumulation of something, and or a change in the texture of a metal. Uh, But with the kind of in the watch world, that has seen a little bit more liberal use, just as uh, kind of the the changing of the characteristics of the paint or the loom. Uh, and that type of thing, and um, you know as I'm sure we'll we'll hit on you know some of those uh, terminologies get used much more liberally than others, but uh, there's definitely a lot of subjectivity to the topic um, so
1: it's interesting yeah, you definitely see um like a lot of watches um, new watches using um, new companies using bronze and and patina them um, to make that kind of style, um, which is, I feel like it's kind of new because you don't really see that a lot in the vintage kind of market that? per se of bronze watches. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely very, uh, liberal use of whether, you know, some people find it patina to be an extra, um, added thing that's on the watch that makes it more valuable. Um, while others see it as, a damage or um thinking that's a negative or th- something that needs to be replaced. So like a, a ghosted bezel per se, people will see that and say, Oh, that just needs a new bezel. While others would say that's just a, a, an added value.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, that uh, there's definitely a lot of that to go around um, between that and kind of the, you know, the tropical dials, so to speak. And, and some of these things um, I think that's where you, See a kind of a, a niche in the watch collecting world of people, you know, looking outside of the box, not all, uh, you know, realizing that fighting over the, the the mint or the excellent examples that look, you know, basically new is not going to be a very practical thing in some ways, um, and so you know, it kind of kind of carries over. Um, mm-hmm. Into you know just kind of personal preference and and finding finding these watches that have aged and in some cases been damaged to an extent that kind of makes that watch uh, very individualistic. Um, you know I think that definitely plays plays a part.
1: Yeah, like a lot of people like them um, because it, it's unique and um, and very different from anything else. Because you can't, it's kind of like a snowflake. You can't. Uh, recreate yeah. that type of tropical dial, that type of patina, um, and I guess that's probably why people love them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's um, you know it's something that they can easily pick out that that looks different than most of what other folks are going to see um, and catch the eye. Um, you know, I guess as much as it, you know, as much as it kind of seems. To some where they would love to see you know, whether it be a mint rolex or you know a mint boulevard or this or that i think that um in in some areas and and some watches i think we get overexposed to those models um and a lot of them looking being in pretty good shape and and sometimes people going to you know lengths to to get an insert or hands that aren't original to the watch to get it to, you know, be um, an excellent example. Uh, There's some models that, you know, I guess depending on what you browse for and and what comes up on your feeds and things like that, you're going to see more than others, but I think some people do get a little bit, I don't want to say necessarily disengaged, but but to an extent, they, it's kind of an overexposure to those watches, and uh, people get interested um, finding watches that have uh, really aged, you know, aged nicely or aged a lot, uh, and in some cases, um, just look like they've, you know, so to speak, gone to hell and back, and are and are still together, still running. Um, uh i think it i think it depends on people's personality what they're looking to spend um and, and kind of what they're looking to make their collection out of but uh there's there's surely tons of reasons for that but it's uh it's it's fun to see you know why people choose what they do in that in that section of the watch world
1: oh yeah and and lately this past few years there's definitely been a um vintage boom, per se, of the, of the secondary market. Um, and you can see that in the, in the retail market of watches using that vintage style um, or a patina or like the faux-tina, what people call it, um, in their new releases. Um, some, some brands will actually patina it, do a speedy patina process. Others are just a, a, a fake patina on the dial. Um, and some are just kind of a vintage reissue. Um, do you think that will um, play a huge part in, in in newer watches? Will that dim down the patina value in older watches?
0: You know, I think that uh, will be an interesting thing to see uh, in the coming years. I think that that with the the exponential growth or at least the increased exposure to vintage watches, I think that, um, the a lot of these watchmakers have probably seen how much interest there is, or um, you know that there has been the past while with some of it gaining popularity. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I, I do think that there are a lot in the vintage world uh, that typically enjoy those watches and don't tend to like quite as much. On the new end uh, you know everybody's got their exceptions but i think that's probably where they're trying to bridge the gap and it'll be interesting to see how they continue to execute it i know we've mentioned before like the the lawn jeans that came out um with the with the kind of age dial um it didn't have so much photina in the way of of loom you know in the luminous material but some of the others definitely have um and i think that you have to kind of look at how that that term is used when it comes to these new watches um you know uh i've I've dabbled around just kind of for fun in in making dials in hand um that had age to them uh and that was kind of across the board um, trying to expose it to some of those uv rays and, and get it so i think that you you know one end you can kind of the extreme is to really age the whole the whole look the whole face of the dial um you know maybe not so much the case with the exception of some of these bronze cases and things that people are doing um which you know a lot of that you know you, you expose that stuff to, to salt you know and salt water and things like that you can get some pretty relatively quick, um, effects on that, but, and then I think that, that on the mild side of things, you know, I, it's probably maybe more of a generous term to call it Fotina when you're just talking about, like, yellowed loom. Um, I think that a lot of people like the yellow loom, uh, whether it looks much older, or or not, you know, you get to you get to some of these original models of some of these vintage watches and and look at them and you know the loom's going to be more white. It's going to you know not have a whole lot to it. It's going to really kind of look more like these like the modern watches. And I think people seeing you know most being aged um, to to some degree. I think people have kind of come to just like the, the coloration and the fact that it's not just white loom, um, that it's not just real standard, which is kind of what you still see in a lot of the watches that are being produced just for the for the modern market. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting where that falls, and I, I think people like all sorts of things. I think there, there are gonna be people who want the, you know, if you wanna say the safety and security of a new watch that looks kind of across the board, like it's got a lot of age. And then I think you're going to find some kind of like the, you know, the Steinhardt Ocean Vintage Military, like I've got that, I've got the the original version, which, you know, black dial, I mean, really the only thing that, that, you know, makes it look, if you wanted to say, makes it look a touch older, is the, the, the luminous material being yellow, but everything else looks new. So, yeah, I guess you would call that kind of foetina in a way. In in another aspect, I think that people kind of like that little bit of color. Um, you know, a lot of these more popular watches being black dials, and the modern watches for sure are are more tend to be more black dial oriented. I think that if you take away that color and you go with probably what a lot of it was, it might have been you know, originally there might have been more of the vintage watches that kind of were were an off white or something like that. But if you just go white then you got a lot of watches that are just, you know, black and white, very monochromatic. So I think I think to some aspect, I think whether people kind of cognitively look at it that way, I think that that, that pop of color is something that they like and it also kind of associates with the with the vintage watches. Um so I feel like that's a good little place without really being aged, you know, it's just sheer color versus kind of, uh, you know, like we said, the extreme being uh, trying to really make either either just newly print a dial in hands that look aged or actually, you know, going through the, the motions of, you know, accelerating the aging of, you know, safely of the watches. Um, there's a lot of room kind of to play, so it's it's interesting to see what people come up with. Uh, but I think it all is a pretty big you know thumbs up to the vintage world. Or else I don't think they would be would be going through all the motions.
1: No, yeah, I mean I, I personally like the like yellow loom look of a lot of the watches because it's it's just different than just a black and white. You know, it, it's for sure. It's just I I don't I see, obviously it has the inspiration from vintage, but it's also just a new kind of color per se like it doesn't have to be a, a, a fake vintage it's just a, a new way to do it for sure and then, of course there's definitely people who who hate patina on vintage watches and and then like the you know everyone everyone's a little different in their um, choices for sure
0: yeah I, I definitely think it all it all depends on the individual like I said there's a lot of subjectivity that goes into you know what, you know what is aged, and what is damaged, and you know you can have complete opinions, different opinions on those. Um, I think that there is a technical aspect to it. If if uh, you wanted to get in, get into the details, and 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 go into it and look under a loop and, and see whether you know it's more or less prolonged uh you know UV exposure, which could just be somebody wearing the watch, you know, for thirty years and mm. wearing it outside all the time and, you know, wearing watches like they're supposed to be worn, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or whether it's some accumulation of of, of moisture, um, there's just gonna be different materials, you know, on on the in the watch, you know, whether it be the loom, whether it be uh the the paint or the lacquer on the paint that are going to attract that uh, moisture a little bit more than the other. So it's, uh, there's a lot to it. And, and like I said, it's, uh, everybody, whether, whether people want to go kind of with the crowd or whether people want to be different and kind of go upstream, um, there's, there's always going to be people kind of justifying why they like one more than the other or, um, or it's just gonna be a, a sheer kind of market determination. You know, some people may may pay more for that watch and, and enjoy the possibilities of the stories behind it versus paying more for a watch that's, you know, a little bit more in pristine condition. But as we've seen, there's 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 some of these watches that have either sold or have been, you know, are, are trying to be sold for a a pretty pretty good sum on some of these models that have a ton of age to them. And I think it, I think it's just kind of a, a bit of a supply and demand and and how you look at it. Uh, you know, some of those watches that have tons of age and borderline damage and some that have may have strap damage, you know, there's, if there's, there's only one out there and it's really, you know, that's not really something you're going to replicate. Like we mentioned, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, you know, you, all it takes is having a couple people out there who are like, hey, I really like that because somebody can't really just pop up on my feed with <laughs> one of those. Whereas, you know, you're going to see, you're, you know, set, depending on the watch, you're, you're generally going to see some just excellent examples and they just kind of look like, you know, different iterations of each other. There's not really a whole lot of difference and, and some people, you know, don't necessarily want to have the same look and watch, you know, as ten other people or a thousand other people. So it's a, uh, you know, I guess it's to, to each his own. But I, I, I certainly do think it's um, you know, something that you want to analyze kind of what's going on with it and and figure out if that fits your style, um, and if that fits your your price point as well.
1: No, yeah, uh, this might be a little bit of a harder question to ask on a in an audio form, but at what point does a, a, a watch go from patina to damage and or do they c- kind of coexist?
0: Um, you know, I think I think when you look at, at watches, um, you can you can kind of figure out some factors that, that, that come into play. Um, there are you know a lot of watches, you know typically your your entry points on a lot of watches. Uh, you know, most of the time you've got your case-back seals, you've got your crown seals, um, and then depending on the style of crystal, uh, you can have uh, some entry point there. You know, now it, it varies tightly, or I mean it varies widely, and it it depends. You know, a lot of these watches don't have the original crystals, and, and you don't necessarily know if, if the if the exact crystal was replaced, or the exact style, um, and the correct size, you know, th- there's a lot of things that kind of come into play, but but typically, you've got those entry points, and over time, uh, you know, it's very easy for a crown not to get pushed all the way in, or just left open in general, even in your, you know, in somebody's dresser drawer in their attic, um, you know, uh, the, the seals may not have been replaced, they may have accidentally been removed at some point, you get all sorts of things that happen there, and it just takes a little bit of moisture, and and loom tends to be something that kind of attracts and almost absorbs some of that moisture, which is why you you will often see those colorations, um, and to some extent, the degradation of of that, depending on how much. Now, if you get a lot of moisture, you're, you're typically gonna see issues on the dial too. Um, Now, and then you're, you know, the UV kind of sunlight spectrum of things, you get stuff to bake, you get the uh, paint, you know, or or just the lacquer on top, crack. Um, The, you know, the loom can get real brittle uh, if it's dried out too much. Um, You know, moisture can also affect the the dials too. Um, I've, I've handled watches that you could, you know, some that a lot of people have seen that you could tell a huge difference in the quality of paint um, and even the thickness of paint and whether it became, becomes real brittle um, over time, whether it sticks to the case, um, whether it peels off easily. I mean, I've seen night and day differences to watches and, and some age greatly. But the paint, you know, and everything kind of held on, has, has continued to hold on really well. And and then you've seen others that, if you just glance at it, you think, oh, that's in great shape. And open up the case, and and it's just peeling off, flaking, plate You know, there's definitely a difference in quality. Um, but but in all honesty, you, I, I've seen some of those watches that you would compare the two might sell for just about the same amount. Whereas if you didn't if you didn't uh, have experience with them you never, you might never really realize the difference in, in quality, um, but we're kind of in a vintage market where you know we we buy a lot of times by looks and not necessarily um, kind of go you know and, and not that everybody's supposed to but but going through the motions to kind of understand the quality differences and. Um, you know, typically what you see hold up longer, who, who tended to go a little bit more of the extra mile and put in um, a little bit better, whether it be case rings instead of stamped. they're actually kind of milled out, they're more solid. You know, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into understanding that, but at the same time, I've seen uh, plenty, of, plenty of brands that, you know, just the paint and the lacquer, whatever they happen to use, uh, took on a lot of seemed to to change very easily when it took on uh, UV light over the years um, And some of them looked you know the, the whole the whole watch if if you didn't couldn't see the coloration difference looked to be in great shape um Benrus had a a number there kind of in the 50s where you see a lot of them that turn brown and red really quick kind of what you would kind of an extreme version of what people refer to kind of as tropical dial but in all honesty, that was um, probably something that they didn't foresee. They weren't necessarily doing that with the with the for you know, the, the I guess the hindsight that they were going to uh, kind of change so drastically. Um, and there's other brands that, that have done that as well. So it's it it varies it varies greatly, and even in between brands, you you saw stark differences. But um, when it comes to Kind of patina, age, and and damage. Uh, I think you you start sectioning off a little bit more on what was just a byproduct of being worn and maybe more exposed to elements versus what was more on the side of neglecting. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that you. It's really easy to see on a lot of these watches where. They, they either were kind of tool watches or they were treated as, you know, more or less as a tool watch and they acquired kind of that flavor. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of six in one hand, half dozen in the other, but I think it's easy. I think, I think it's pretty easy to see when you start seeing really extreme, um, really extreme differences uh, you know you' you're a lot of times you're talking about you know much greater exposure to sunlight to moisture to everything else you know a lot of these watches especially the better quality watches weren't going to just with modest exposure you know weren't going to really age so much um, you know, there's just a lot that at some at one point or the other had moisture come in you know for all you know the the watch quit running because of the water that got in there they take it get it serviced you know and everything but um you know kind of the the damage so to speak was done but it doesn't you know some of them doesn't really hurt the it it didn't nearly you know necessarily hurt the watch as it is it still now functions fine there's no issues but um you know, you you never know what could have been replaced over, over the years, but, um, yeah, looking at, just looking at, you kind of got to go about it on an individual basis and, and really see, you know, to what extent, um, these characteristics, how far they seem to have gone. And a lot of the times you can see where it was definitely overexposure and really kind of damage of the watch. Um, but you know, some people like it and, um, yeah, you know, that's that's something I think people have to kind of figure out for themselves what they what they like. Um, and it, I think we had mentioned it uh, before. What with people who are interested in, you know, rat rods or uh, just really, want, you know, the really vintage uh, aged uh, classic cars. You see people who are really interested in those. Um, and and there's something about that, you know, where where they've got where they've got quarter panels that were primed and quarter panels that are kind of got rust spots and this and that, you know, there's there's definitely uh, a lot of people who are interested in that, and I think that kind of falls into a lot of other industries and to primarily collector industries. Um, and so you know you might get you might get some people who see a lot of 65 Chevelles, you know, and they see them in great condition where they live. And they want to, you know, they don't mind having one that motor and everything's great. You know, plenty of horsepower. It's been rebuilt inside. Looks great. Sometimes they don't necessarily care about the inside, but the outside looks like, you know, it's aged. It looks like it's 50 some years old and it's kind of been, um, you know, maybe a little bit neglected here and there. There's a lot of people who like that, you know, they feel like there's more of a story to tell. So, um, there, there typically is always some level of of you know, if you want to be technical just as far as like kind of degradation, there's generally always some level of quote unquote damage involved. But I think when people I think when people generally get to the point of describing damage, it's it's a little bit more on the you know willful neglect or just or just um, the using using a watch in your general course of, of, of work or doing things and you know not really being concerned about you know it it staying pristine. I think that's mm. where you yeah. kinda of fall more yeah. into that category.
1: Yeah, it definitely has the it depends on the intentions of the previous owner for sure. Um Yeah. Basically, of course, like this um, podcast and all the content I make is for every kind of level of watch collector, watch enthusiast, um, and, and, but definitely going into the, the hobby, even, even if you're seasoned in the hobby, you may not even know, but w- how do you determine if the patina is a good buy or not, and what are the cautions when you're going into buying a watch that's pretty patinaed um, that you should look out for?
0: You know, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, it probably starts just on the, the economic side of things. It ju- it's just kind of price point. I think you've got to start there um, and kind of see uh, what the differences in prices are uh, of a, a piece that has more age to it compared to its more, uh, you know, excellent, pristine condition uh, examples kind of see where that falls. Um, and, you know, under, I think most people are, I think more of the, of the vintage watch collectors, you know, the, the vast majority are going to fall into all liking the really nice examples. I don't think anybody is going to turn down really nice examples. I think when you go into the buying of, the, the kind of aged, you know, and so called patina or the quote unquote tropical. I think that you're, you've got to understand that you're probably looking at a smaller audience than, than the entire group being interested in that later. I think a lot of people do enjoy the way that, that it looks and seeing how certain ones have aged way, you know, more drastically than others. Uh, but I think as far as it, when it comes to purchasing I think th- there's probably less there down the road especially if you're somebody who who buys and sells a lot um, you know if, if you know people that they you you very well may, may be able to uh, you know find somebody to, to move it on to if you if you ever want to kind of wheel and deal and, and change your collection as you go along um, but I think that, there's always there's always risk that's going to come along with that. Um, you know, it would be something for me that I would want to see the movement. I would want to see kind of the, the, the case condition. I would want to know or have an idea if it looks like maybe it was moisture related. It is there an issue, issue on the backside? Um, you know, that's something that I feel like probably gets. Less focus, I think, you know, as we've said, it's more, we're more of an aesthetic, uh, focused kind of collectors. Um, and and, and just the fact that a lot of people don't necessarily know uh, the details, or if they saw the watch opened up, it may not necessarily mean a lot to them. Um, I think uh, that, that it's something that you do want to look at, especially when you get to the extreme instances and the extreme examples i think you do want to watch for uh those things and try to get as much information there as you can and then just kind of compare that you know if you're somebody who you want a collection of really cool vintage watches that are just you know more on the extreme end of age and you like the way that that looks hey you know there's there's certainly nothing wrong with that you know i mean understand the risks of it but that may be you, you could wind up having just one of the coolest looking watch boxes, um, when you crack that open that people have seen. Um, but I think also, you know, understand that, you know, kind of where you're falling in the price point and, and use some, use some leeway to understanding, Hey, if there is more of an issue, you know, if this is a watch that, you know, there's no service history on there's, you know, it looks age, you don't get a, get to look at the movement, you know, some of these things, um, you know, it, it's, it's something to keep in mind that you, you are always taking a little bit of risk and kind of goes back to what I, what I was saying about some of these watches that I've opened up that looked great, you know, for the most part. Um, and you open them up and the paint starts peeling off. I mean, it, a lot of times that tends to happen with, um, you know, when it comes to moisture with, with paint that looks more glossy, um, than others, sometimes you can get that idea that it's had, A little bit more exposure to moisture than some of its other counterparts, then you can also get to really flat, uh, you know, brittle looking paint that you can tell looks like it's been more dried out. So you gotta factor that in because if you don't know service history and you go send that off, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do if it happens to be one of those watches that you open up and it just, um, you know, stuff starts just just coming apart. It's it's a risk that you take. I've also had that happen, you know, with Loom as well. you know, sometimes it's gotten so brittle, and that, you know, if you tapped your, if you tapped the face um, of that watch, you know, against the wall, I mean, there, it falls out. I mean, at some point, you know, that stuff's not meant to, to necessarily last forever, especially when it's been exposed. So, um, you know, you've just got to understand the risks of it and have um, have reasonable expectations for what you're buying. I think that's kind of the key. I think, um, you know, under, understand that it's, you've got excellent condition watches, but that if you've got a watch that looks really aged or has some patina to it, understand that there are other, uh, you know, deficiencies that can go along with that and just be just be reasonable about how you, you go into that. And if, and if it's, if you're getting, if you're able to pick some of these up for just really good deals, um, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think sometimes even when you get enough information and get a good enough look at some of the watches, I don't think there's anything wrong with you know paying more. We see a lot of Rolex watches with you know really faded out, sometimes even you know kind of beat up bezels and things like that, and it looks good. You know, it looks good on a watch, but you know, kind of I think kind of weigh that against um, you know especially if you're going to be somebody who could potentially you know you might potentially sell that third party later on to bring something else in your into your stable you know kind of factor in the audience that you've got there who's interested in it and kind of what you look to gain or lose by by you know maybe going out on a limb for something temporary and just kind of see where you're see where you're at what you're happy with
1: oh yeah for sure i mean definitely i say like look at that price point and, and go from there and kind of like, you know, look at other watches of that same kind of style and look at that price point. Because um, obviously, like, you can tell sure. by that. Um, and always get to know the buyer, whether it's on, like, eBay, Instagram, whatever it is, just send a, a, a email or a message or DM and get to know the buyer and who the person is. Uh, and I feel like a lot of my times getting to know the buyer, you can definitely see right away whether you know, if, if it's a trustworthy person or not. Um, and seeing their past, like, results and what they've dealt with and, and the people who've dealt with them. Um, and, yeah, and, and everything with a patina is, is always a risk. Definitely if it's an extreme patina, it's always going to be a possibility of, of more issues.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're, you know, you're mildly aged, watches, um, you know, kind of just... The, the, there were a lot of the models where the, the loom just turned a lot more than, than, uh, others. And, and, but really there's, there was nothing else on the watch. I mean, I don't think that you're, you know, I'm not saying that those are necessarily a big risk at all. Um, cause you know, I've got plenty of them. Um, but I think, I think just kind of trying to understand, you know, where, where, what the state of the watch is kind of how it got there. Um, some easier than others. You know, there's just a lot on watches that you can't see. I mean, you may you may see watches where the 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 dial, the hands really look pretty good, and you can go and in, go inside and look at the movement. And there have been moisture entry on the back. You've got you've got part. You're looking at parts replacements. You're looking at a lot of different things. So it's you know it 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 can be it can be, uh, you know, aesthetic and then it can be something that you don't see. You know, there's all sorts that you, when it, when it comes to vintage watches that you've got to be a little bit, um, you know, focused on and and try to be attentive to some of these things. And, and the more information you can get on a watch, the better. Um, Mm. you know, I think that, I think that's kind of, that's where there's a difference sometimes between, uh, you know, third part, just kind of, generic kind of third party sales and then when you get to more kind of on the retail now there's not a hard and fast line for everybody there's there's you know third party so to speak which can be some collectors who have been collecting on their own for decades um who are very trustworthy and know what they're doing and stand behind their stuff and this and that um and then you know you, you can get you know obviously people who may retail but don't really back stuff up, you know, you, you can, it, it, there's not always one way to go about it, but I think on the kind of on the, on the third party end, you know, you just want to be, you know, kind of attentive and, and factor in a little bit of risk, especially if you're not getting, getting all the details and the view of the whole watch and, and some of those things just kind of understand kind of how you go in. Um, most of the time that does seem to be reflected in price uh, but there's yeah. obviously instances where you know, there's there's model watches that get hot and everybody's looking for one and, and those type of things where y- you get some that people people take that chance and they and they pay up just for the that, that, you know that's an opportunity cost to get a hold of one of uh, one of the models so yeah I mean it, it, there's a lot that factors into it um, whether it be just from a sheer physical mechanical aspect, Um, and then you go to the market side of things and, and what watches are really hopping, you know, as, as you, I'm sure you and a lot of people have seen, it doesn't necessarily take a ton for, uh, you know, a, a, one of the big names to write an article or this or that. And then you overnight, you can get 500, a thousand, you know, or more people looking for a certain model just because somebody wrote something about it. So, um, it's a it's a wild it's a wild little environment that we live in at times, but I think that that lends itself to the to the popularity and the interest that that it has right now.
1: I like your uh, your roosters are really into uh, this conversation. They are. They, <laughs> they
0: come down in the front yard, and uh, got a, I've got two roosters that are escorting a hen down to the front, and so they like to. They like to just journey all over here, so my apologies. No, He's staring at me crowing to let, to, to let the others know that I'm not <laughs> coming down there, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, whether Patina is a good or bad thing, it's kind of up to you. And definitely if you go buy a watch with Patina, ask the questions that aren't on the post. Because a lot of times the posts are very vague, and and, and I, I come to having the issue as well as posting very vague um post, but uh, like I always say ask all the questions because I might not think of them um, for sure and, and ask yeah, those and questions everybody,
0: everybody doesn't necessarily know I mean uh, doesn't always know the complete condition of the watch I mean unless mm-hmm. these are watches that that are all getting torn down and are being completely gone through each and every time um, you know it it's it's just difficult to really know. A hundred percent about it, but you really you, you just want to try to have the confidence in how a watch is running, how it looks, whether the dial and hands, the movement, uh, kind of everything surrounding that, and kind of understand what that what that brings to the table. Um, you know, it's a lot of those watches are not a bad thing. There's a lot of there, there's some models that are so hit or miss that you may not get an opportunity to find much else other than those that have age there's just not many around a lot of times that means there weren't many made you know mm. they're, they're uh, they i guess you in in a way as a byproduct they weren't as popular uh, but there just weren't as many sold um uh, just because of what the market was in the in the 50s 60s 70s and what most people were buying then definitely not what most people are buying now so um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, but yeah, you just want to be, you just want to be as aware as possible of, of what you're dealing with and, and just try your best not to have unrealistic expectations. When you're dealing with vintage watches, you're going to come across, you know, over a given amount of time, you're for sure going to come across watches that don't wind up necessarily being in the shade that you hope or, um, you know they've been sitting and once you get them and you start wearing them you know you might get some loom that, that busts out here and there you might get you know where it just it's been sitting you know very static for a long period of time um it's it's you can't really have the expectation that everything's going to stay perfectly preserved um so i think i think as long as you're as you're realistic in that sense as long as you're Comparing uh, properly, uh, you know, great examples to aged examples, and um, you know, just be understanding about the the terminologies and kind of the you know the the marketing that's being used on some. Just just understand what it is, um, and kind of what that might have been a result of. Um, it, as long as you go into it like that, I think that you'll more times than not be happy with, with your, your purchases when it comes to things that have some age to them. Um, but mm. just, you know, it, just, just be as aware, as aware as possible and, yeah. um, you know, do your, and do a little bit of homework and, and you're, you, you'll, you'll wind up finding kind of your own personal sweet spot for w- what amount of age you like, you know, what what amount of damage that you might be acceptable to you um, and and kind of go forward with that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's all there really is to say is is to play around with that market um, and look at everything and ask all the right questions. Um, I really appreciate you coming on today. I know we're having a bit yeah, of uh, technical difficulties in the beginning, but uh, we got it done.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it a bunch. It's fun to fun to talk to people who are, who are interested in it and want to know more about it. Um, I, I think that, like we've said, a lot of the, a lot of the terms and a lot of the kind of understanding of a lot of it does get looked over. You know, there's tons of aspects to it, um, so it's there. There is, you know, an amount of objective kind of perspective on it, but there's obviously a lot of, you know, subjectivity to what people's personal preferences are and um, you know how something how something differentiates itself and and why it's more desirable. You know you you can certainly get people to fall on um, different sides of the fence. So it's a it's always good to be talking about this stuff. I think that that benefits people who are are collecting and and really looking deep into it. I think that all these discussions are going to keep that stuff relevant for. Uh, what they
1: might buy next oh yeah oh yeah and and remember to follow buying on time on instagram and uh follow timepiece archaeology on instagram facebook twitter and follow our youtube channel as well as our podcasts are on anchor um apple podcast and a couple of the other platforms that i can't remember right now but yeah keep,
0: yeah, if, you, keep yeah if anybody has any questions um or uh wants to See anything particular? Has requests? You know, feel free to to send me a message anytime. I'm uh I'm always trying to be as uh, you know open and interacting uh, with everybody that I can. So uh, definitely don't want people to uh, kind of feel like they they can't get some answers, uh, some questions answered, or or anything like that. You know, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, and reach out to Andrew if you have questions. Um, we're always in contact, so I think uh, more interaction, the more discussion you have, I think everybody learns, everybody ap- appreciates other things more that they didn't know about, um, and, it, and it makes for a better time for everybody.
1: Amen to that. That's the that's the point of all this. Alrighty, well, thank you so much for uh, joining in. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it, Andrew. Thanks we'll see you next time. We'll
0: do it again sometime soon.
1: Alrighty. Bye-bye.
0: Take care.